Hey, Rachel, good to see you. How was your week? Good to see you, too. Um, Well, I just got a call from my super telling me that there has been a flood in my building and uh, my apartment has been affected with a little water. And I said, how much water? And they <laughs> with said, a little water, that a doesn't lot, sound good. <laughs> a lot. So um, I might be coming home to an aquarium. But you know what? It kind of came as a relief. I could use a little <laughs> little change, something else to focus on. Maybe I'll get a new sofa out of it. I've got insurance. It was the best thing that happened okay. all week, would you say? <laughs> it's the best thing that happened all week. That was a terrible week. We're going to talk about it. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. All right, so I want to talk about uh, secret internet accounts. Secret accounts. Secret accounts. Okay. Um, so who can forget Carlos Danger, remember? Yeah, that was Anthony Weiner. That was his that was... Super, uh, secret sexting Sexting alias. Identity. Yes. And he's the reason Donald Trump is president. Basically. I mean, really, he is. Because uh, Huma had that computer and it right. had Right. So be he was sexting with the underage person. He's married to Huma. Huma's the aide to Hillary. So when they reopened the case and Hillary, what happened? And they, they, they seized the laptop and they found Carlos Danger things or the other way around. Or I, I don't know. I don't, Whatever happened, Hillary's emails was all because of Carlos Danger. And that's why Trump is president. Right. Exactly. There's a direct line from <laughs> Carlos Danger to to the present. <laughs> it's the counterfactual. <laughs> what, if? <laughs> what if he had never? In other words, what if that 15 year old girl had not answered his text? Hillary like a... would be president. <laughs> Hillary would be president. Okay. So, so yes, we had okay. Carlos Danger. So we had Carlos Danger, and then last week we talked about Ron Vara, who is the illustrious economist who exists in the mind of Peter Navarro, who is our driving our China disastrous China policy. Yes. He quotes this Ron Vara as the uh, intellectual foundation of all of his beliefs, but Ron Vara is in fact him that <laughs> yes. he made up. <laughs> and you know the the grandfather of all this is Donald Trump himself, who had uh, an alias called John Barron, who was his alleged publicist who used to call up you know the press and be like, Donald Trump is really doing some big deals and right. having this like, goes all the way back to like yeah. the 80s and the 90s, yes. right? So like he's that that's like a schizophrenic. Uh, like yes, mentally ill, multiple personality. That boy wasn't right. Yeah, ever. Um, but we're not here to talk about them. <laughs> that we just we're not here about. to make friends. <laughs> we're here to talk about Pierre Delecto. Okay, who I, I haven't heard that name, Pierre Delecto. Pierre Delecto, Delecto or Delicto? Delecto. Okay, yeah, and he goes by That's the continental pronunciation at, <laughs> at Q A W S nine eight seven six on Twitter. If you Wait, want to so follow him, Quawas Quawas that's like an AOL handle. It looks it's like, like a, a CompuServe handle. Yes, that's what it looks like. And and he has no photo. He's just like one of those like shadowy heads on top of shoulders. Like the egg. Like that, the what, anonymous egg. Yes, like an anonymous egg. And he has <laughs> a little over a thousand followers. And um, until this weekend, uh, Pierre Delecto used his platform to support Mitt Romney. And it turns out that Pierre Delecto was Mitt Romney. Romney. (laughs) Saw that coming a mile away. (laughs) Okay, so Pierre Delecto is the secret Twitter account of Mitt Romney. Romney. Why would he feel the need to have a secret Twitter account when everyone else – does he also have a public one? So he does also have a public one, which he should be So this is like a shadow foreign policy? This is like a shadow shadow social media policy? It's like his shadow opinions. It's like like the devil and angel on his shoulders. (laughs) Pierre, what do you think about this? Tinkerbell. (laughs) 
I know I'm like envisioning like an angel with like a mustache and a beret, like like a paintbrush. Like the hormone monster in big mouth. So, okay. So how did this all come to the surface? How did it all come to the surface, Rachel? So there's a profile of Romney in the Atlantic by this writer named McKay Coppins. And Romney led on that he had a secret Twitter account that he liked to use to keep tabs on the political conversation. And so he would read but not tweet out of it. Right, or or weigh in occasionally, but not as himself. As like Pierre. he felt more yes. liberated to express his Who true among feelings. Who does not feel liberated <laughs> when taking on a pseudonym such as, I don't know, Pierre. Pierre. <laughs> Rachel, from now on, I'd like you to address me as Pierre. Pierre. Okay. You're more of a Jacques. Oh, I have yeah. a good friend, Jacques. He's great. Um, so he, he wouldn't give this journalist his account name, but he said he was following 668 people, including journalists and quote that big redhead from Boston. <laughs> wait, who, wait, who's that? Who's, like Ashley Judd? No. <laughs> Julie Klausner? <laughs> Julie Klausner. <laughs> no, Conan O'Brien. Oh, if you had put a gun to my set and said, who's the big redhead from Conan from Boston? I could not have. No one pays attention to him anymore. I guess no Mitt one, Romney's the last person in no America. No one pays attention takes, to where he's from. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So anyway, I'm sure Conan O'Brien loved that. Um, Conan, come on the show. Yeah, you're welcome anytime. You're welcome. Um, so Ashley Feinberg, who is our finest living internet investigator, was off to the races with this little tidbit. Clues. She had some thread. clues. So she writes for Slate, and um, she figured out that James Comey's Twitter account was under the name of Reinhold Nyber. Yeah, like the philosopher. Like the philosopher. And so... She went through all of Romney's relatives, assuming that he's a big family guy and likely following each other. And so she finds his niece, Allie Romney Critchlow, and Ashley goes through Allie's 481 followers and looked for ones that, you know, appeared to be making an effort to conceal their identities. And Pierre Delecto was just flashing. <laughs> he was he's flashing all, red signal. <laughs> he checked all the boxes and he had just the right number of followers. Turns out his first follow was Tag Romney, who is oh. Romney's eldest son. And most of his tweets were about Mitt Romney. So she thought, you know, bing, this bing, is bing, probably bing. it. <laughs> So she wrote an article in Slate with the headline, this sure looks like Mitt Romney's Twitter account. And so then McKay Coppins, the writer from The Atlantic, called Mitt Romney back and was like, hey, are you Pierre Delicto? And Mitt said, c'est moi. <laughs> so. C'est la vie. C'est moi. L'état, c'est moi. Yeah. So um, then he went ahead and made his account private, which was annoying. Because yes. now we can't. Oh, because I'm sure you, you, everyone after that I requested, of course. I I think I've been... So we can't DM him to ask him to be on. No, I would love to. I would love him to come on as Pierre Delecto, though. Oh, yes. He could have like a beret and the (laughs) the the mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Eating a croissant. (laughs) (laughs) Right. From the City Bakery, which is now closed. We'll talk more about that later. (laughs) Um, But so it's really the content of the tweets, not so much that he had this shadow Twitter account, which is also weird, but it's the content of what he was saying that is the biggest nope of all. Um, So Mitt Romney, you know, he's been held out as this profile encouraged for the Republican Republican Party. Because when everyone else says he's a uh, Trump's an American hero, Romney equivocates a little, says, "Uh, 
it looks, uh, you know, I'd like to hear more. That's as far as he goes. I'd like to hear more. I'd like to hear more. Yeah, right. Like he won't say, he still won't say whether or not he's going to endorse Trump in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not up for re-election until 2025. So he has nothing to lose. Like he he could literally shoot someone in Utah. It's the definition of a safe seat from Utah. Yes, he would get re-elected no matter what. So he should be shouting from the rooftop if he really feels these feelings he should not be hiding under I have an a alias. theory about this. I know this is probably deeper than we want to go, but I think that if he he is a smart man, obviously, I think that he is preser- is preserving some of his capital within the Republican Party by not establishing himself as too out there too soon. So that when he does come around, he's going to give permission for other sort of, quote, undecided people to come around. You think so? Okay. Uh, maybe that's the better angels, so to speak, but that's I don't know. Pierre Delecto <laughs> don't, talking to that's you. classic Pierre Delecto. <laughs> oh, Pierre. <laughs> it's Pierre, Pierre mediated propaganda. <laughs> okay. So, nope. Nope, nope to all of nope this. To all of this. Just, Mitt Romney, just speak your Be truth. yourself. Be yourself. <laughs> don't hold, keep your powder dry. Just go out guns a-blazing. You're a very rich, very powerful man. And a just, Mormon, and a, presumably an ethical man. Yes. So just say what you feel. You have all the, you have fuck you money. You have a fuck you seat in the Senate. So fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> no, no. Shut it down. <laughs> okay, Rachel, what's next? So I want to talk about something that happened. This is personal? This is personal. So We haven't done like personal yet global stories for a while. It used to be a mainstay and this, we've Yes. Now this, we need to veer back into it. We need to really get back into that jam. So Luann de Lesseps has turned me into a cabaret critic. Oh, you've always wanted to be a cabaret critic. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. Yes. And finally, my goals were realized unbeknownst to me last week. So, okay. So last Thursday, Brian, you texted me and you were like, OMG, you're in page six. And I was like, yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) What did I do? (laughs) Spotted walking Coco (laughs) on Long Island Street. (laughs) And so then you were like, no, no, you really are. And you texted me an image. And there I was a bold-faced name in page six and it was exhilarating i have to admit it was really exciting now explain Um, the context (laughs) right and so what they were saying in page six is that luann de la seps she's the countess she's known she's known for her role on the real housewives of new york city she's one of the most enduring cast members and um our finest living cabaret star (laughs) and she has an online ad for her wait you wrote you wrote about her cabaret show yes i'm I'm getting to it yeah yes so um she has an online ad for her hashtag Countess and Friends Cabaret Show, which we saw together yep. and very much enjoyed. And it says that the New York Times called the show, quote, inspiring. It was oh. like a blurb, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. like they have on the movie posters. Right. So inspiring, says the New York Times. Right. Like a rollicking show. Says, right. And you often wonder what the sentence that included the word inspiring is. <laughs> yes, and we, we are about to find out. Right. Like this is Peter Travers of Rolling Stone who says everything is whatever jaw-dropping or inspiring and right who knows the what sentence he might have said it's jaw-dropping how terrible (laughs) it is yeah so there's a journalist named anna peel and she did some online sleuthing in keeping with our theme of like amazing female internet sleuths she found out that the only mention of the cabaret of luann's cabaret in the new york times was a profile of luann that was written by me c'est moi 
in the style in section. the style section last year. So this was not a review. This was a reported profile, and the sentence in question said, "Quote: <laughs> Tickets went on sale on December tenth and quickly sold out." inspiring Ms. DeLaSeps to add a second date. So the only person inspired was herself. (laughs) (laughs) And she was inspired to add a second date because it fell, because the theater fell down. So to be clear, nobody was calling the show itself inspiring. Not not least of all the New York Times (laughs) review. the New York Times, nobody. The word inspired... Uh, appears in print adjacent to coverage of the Countess. Yes. And so Ali Coleman, who's the reporter at page six, he reached out to me to comment, but I didn't see the email until, until it was too late. So the item says the author of the Times piece, Rachel Dodes, did not immediately get back to us, which is hilarious. I was dying. <laughs> because you are also a reporter and journalist. Yes. Of course, you would have answered it. Of course, it. I would have answered it. I mean, but it's... But I love that you were only mentioned in the context of not answering the email. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> you will forever go down in page six gossip history as the one who didn't like, answer I didn't the want to comment about this scandal. So but I had some questions yes. for Luann, and I was hoping that since we had this sort of pre-existing relationship, that she and I could get to the bottom of what happened here. Girl to girl, girls girl, talk. Yes, girl talk. Yeah. Yes. Be girl, cool. Girl Don't be all on call. It's girl. a girl code. That's one of her catchphrases. <laughs> so, so I emailed her publicist, and so began a 19-email thread that rose and fell like a suspense thriller. <laughs> With the tides. <laughs> the tides. <laughs> like the sands my of heart, time. Like my heart. Um, so first I got passed along to an assistant. Then there was another publicist named Marissa. And through Marissa, who seemed like a very nice person, Luann agreed to do the interview, which was scheduled for this morning. And when, the interview would have been for this podcast. For this podcast. It was scheduled for today at 10 a.m. And I was vibrating with excitement. Well, um, to be fair, though, last night you said there is a 10% chance that this will actually happen. I, I, yes. These I, are very I was, flaky people. I was cautiously optimistic. But then this morning, Marissa confirmed it. And and then asked if we could move it to 11 from 10. And I said, fine, no problem. That's great. Looking forward. And then at 11, when Marissa called to connect me with Luann, I was all ready. She was like, you're not going to address the page six item, right? And I was like, um, that's the only thing <laughs> that I plan to address. I wasn't going to lie. You could have done it anyway. You could have done an interview with her just about the cabaret. Yeah, but I like I wanted to. It would be the elephant in the room, and I'm just not that kind. I like, I, and I I feel like I was very upfront in the email. And thread. you're committed to your truth. You I'm, don't want to be. I'm like not a bait and a switch. Pawn of, the, no. of the PR industrial complex. No, and I wasn't going to be like trading journalism for access. You know, <laughs> this is, I have news for you. This is not journalism. <laughs> Yes, it is. This is <laughs> this <we> can help. <laughs> and she was like, don't be so, I was like, I won't be uncool about it. You know, I just want to understand what happened here. And, and there's a, and, and I explained to this publicist, I said, listen, there's a rich tradition of movie studio marketing departments and even like restaurants grabbing texts from reviews and using it out of context. And, you know, it's. If it's, anything, this is a chance for her to, to explain what happened and to promote the and cabaret. And to promote the cabaret. So, you know, it's, it's just. It's creative, right? So in some ways, I salute Luann. Um, And so, you know, she so she says we're going back and forth. And she says, 
Um, I'm going to need to get back to you. I, I need to talk to Luann about this if you're going to be talking about it. And I was like, listen, like I, I mentioned I was going to be talking about it right. in the email. Right. And so she, she, my heart sank. It was over. Oh. It was over. And Heartbra- so, it is heartbreaking. So I knew like our chances of getting her on This Week in Nope had fallen into the bushes like Luann <laughs> in Mexico. Drunken, no, that was in Medellin? No, that was in Mexico. It was in Mexico. Okay. Come on. I'm the expert. <laughs> so 10 minutes later, I got an email from Marissa saying, Rachel, unfortunately, it wasn't clear what this podcast was about, (gasps) and we are going to pass. Lou has written all about all the time in the post, and we do not want to address what is written. She has so many fabulous things going on, so we are focused on that. And I'm like... It wasn't clear what this podcast is about. It's called This Week in Nope. I sent a link to it. I explained what I wanted to address. They probably hadn't listened to it, and then they went and listened to it. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But like at first, I wasn't going to respond to Marissa. But then I was like, why not? So I just wrote, chic, c'est la vie, c'est bon, c'est bon. No. (laughs) Yes. That's that's one of her hit songs. That was my response. Quote songs. So I say, this is all just such a nope. Luann, do the interview. Face your fears. You know, should you choose to stand in your truth, we are here to listen. We are here. And we might just support you. We hear for you. But we don't know unless the truth is spoken. We cannot know. This is like. We cannot know. This is a mystery. Right. Let it, let build the case and then we'll have the impeachment hearings. Yes. We're not going to, we're not going to make summary judgments based on (laughs) (laughs) page six. So, you know, but I will. (laughs) But here we go. Now I will because you refuse to talk. So I just say nope to taking my sentence wildly out of context. No. And I'm going to. Say what you're not going to say, which is nope to Luann. (laughs) Just nope. Honestly, you're not big enough to have people. You're not big enough to have a publicist. You're not big enough to have a publicist like botching your press request. Just you're a normal human being. Pick up your mobile phone and do the interview. Woman to woman. We we really connected, Luann. I thought we had something. It meant something. (laughs) It meant something. Nope. I'll say nope to Luann. Okay. Um, speaking of Real Housewives in New York, you know, we actually get a lot of feedback and um, people say that one of the best things about this podcast is that it's very New York-y. Like people who don't live in New York tell us that um, it's like getting a little glimpse of New York. It's like almost like we live there. It's like taking a vacation <laughs> to the, into to a the, sewer. <laughs> to a sewer, rat-filled <laughs> sewer. Now, some people do say the obvious. They say like, you're always talking about New York. I don't understand anything you're talking about. To which I would say, go listen to a podcast from Chicago. <laughs> and maybe you'll like that better. <laughs> But we're New Yorkers, born and bred. You're stuck with us. So we're going to do a bunch of New York stuff right now. So um, this is sad news from New York. We're going to talk about Barney's. We've been talking, lamenting it for the last few weeks. Barney's, the story department store. It's not a chain. It's one of a kind. Well, there's some other ones, but basically it's a one of a kind thing. It's super luxe with designer floors. It's like eight stories in the middle of like the chicest part of it Manhattan. It has everything you need. You everything can... you don't need. <laughs> <laughs> everything you need and don't. Like it's... you could eat there. Yeah. You could get waxed Furnish your there. home. Right. You could buy leather boas. <laughs> <laughs> you could buy silk shoes. You could buy anything you want yes. there. Um, but I think we all agree, both you and I have spoken. I think we may have even eaten there that the best thing about Barney's is the restaurant on the top floor called Fred's. Fred's. The yes. salads. The salads. The I have the seafood Louis salad all the time with the green goddess dressing. Yep. And it's pricey, but they're huge. They're right? so big. It's really worth it, actually. It really is. And there's a little bit of celebrity watching there. It's fun. And there's big windows. It's like a very New York-y place to eat. But... 
Uh, Barney's has been having financial problems, and this summer they filed for, they were owned by a private equity fund, and this summer they filed for bankruptcy, and they were at that point where they had to decide was someone going to take them over or they were going to go completely out of business. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the last minute, um, it was uh, they were going to get acquired or they are getting acquired by Saks, right. which is great. Um, except Saks isn't going to keep Barney's where it is. They're going to make it into a floor into on Saks. a department Saks. in Saks, which right. is very confusing. It's like a wormhole. Yes, it's, it's, like am I in Saks? Right, it's like a what pop-up. What is this? It's like a mini pop-up within a storied brand within Saks. It's the worst idea I've ever heard. Okay. <laughs> No, the worst idea I've ever heard is closing Fred's. No, no. So closing Fred's. So So Fred's, a little bit of background on it. The founder of it, of Fred's in 1996 is a guy named Mark Straussman, who's the grandson of the founder of Barney's. So it's deep in the DNA of Barney's. And Fred was the founder. Like that was his name. Yeah, yeah. And this is the grandson. And he founded the restaurant. And um, this week, uh, as part of this transaction, I guess, uh, Mark Straussman was fired and escorted out of the building in the middle of meal service. He said he had a brief moment to say goodbye to the staff, and he walked out in the dining room and said goodbye to the loyal customers. He got a standing ovation, and according to the New York Post, people were in tears. But so why was he escorted out? What Uh, happened? So apparently, the day before he had given an interview that disparaged the ownership about why they had gone into bankruptcy. He blamed the private equity firm. He said that they insisted that he change up the menu. They asked him to change the brand of coffee and remove the chicken livers from the menu. He's not going to do that. <laughs> no, you don't tell, you don't tell you don't a visionary tell to change what to do the with menu. his chicken livers. <laughs> I love the fact that like little old ladies are going to friends at parties for like lunch eating chicken livers. He's not going to let them down. No, you have to stand in your principles. Of course, for once, and he he was willing to pay the ultimate price. conversation was a non-starter why did they even they people should... people were jumping out the windows when they saw him. like i guess they recognized him because he was such an icon oh my of the God. establishment and you know who was in the restaurant at the time <laughs> ramona singer ramona one of the singer, real housewives of new york luann's nemesis yeah yeah so they're all over the place maybe she'll come on this podcast <laughs> anyone will and give us pay her boots, for a cameo on, on the ground on the app. <laughs> so that's that's terrible. Um, um, that's... Although, to be fair, Mark is uh, going and starting a new venture at the Mark the Mark Hotel, I think, which is another Upper East Side vaunted. Um... Well, that's where we're going. Yeah. I mean, I I love those salads, and I will follow the chef wherever <laughs> he the goes. Sal- I'm following the chicken livers. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever coffee he had been serving, that's the coffee that's I the want. That's the coffee I want. I love that coffee. It's so good. Everything that he served. You know, we was should great. host our next live show, which will be in a few months. We should host it at the new Fred and the new uh, the new Mark. Yes, and he's spicy. He'll he'll talk to us about everything that went he'll down spice at Barney's. It up for yeah. Us. Yeah, yeah, we could just get a private room. Yeah. All right. Fabulous. There okay, you go. Mark. So but nope to Barney's and all of your nonsense that's going on. And that's not even the only New York institution that is shuttering and uh, morphing this week. Um, this week is the RIP for City Bakery. City Bakery. This is so sad. Like City Bakery was part of my life very much. This in is my... not just a bakery, to be clear. This is an institution. It's an institution. It's like you know, it was on like 16th Street. I yeah, think. off Union yeah, Square. Yeah, off yeah. Union Square. I lived like right on Union Square in my 20s. 
And I used to go there all the time for their marshmallow hot chocolate. And they had With homemade, like real marshmallows, not Real like... homemade marshmallows. And they also had this like fried green tomato and cheddar sandwich that nobody really talks about. But was <laughs> it's like a, really... It's unspoken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the unsung hero <laughs> of City Bakery. It wasn't really a ba- I mean, they had baked goods, but it was, it was that and so much more. Yes. And um, there was an episode of Sex in the City that takes place there where there's that face girl, Nina Katz, making a face at Carrie. For SNL. And it's just, you know, in the wake of the Dean and DeLuca news and now Fred's and now this, this is terrible. The city is falling apart. It's all Dwayne Reed's and Walgreens's and Wells Fargo Bank's and it's terrible. We might as well move to Chicago. Yeah. Like, what is this? What is happening? I don't want to live. I don't want to live in a world without City Bakery and Barney's. (laughs) Dean and DeLuca. Dean and DeLuca. No. These were the little tiny delights that could make you forget about all What's the one thing? What's the one store that if it closed, it it would cause you to leave New York? I don't know if there's any store, any individual store. I think that if, it doesn't even mean you have to go there. It's just like, I think if Peter Luger's closed. It's the end of New York. It's the end of New York. Yeah. I would pack my bags and move to Hackensack, <laughs> <laughs> which is not that far. You can still come in for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you have one? Maybe La Bernadette. Oh. That's kind of a New York We're going York there for institute. my birthday in a few weeks. It's fabulous. Okay. Never been. Okay. okay. So nope to all these institutions closing or mangling themselves. New York, we want you back. New York, we, yes, make New York great again. <laughs> okay. Nope. Nope. No. Okay, if that seems like the end of the world, <laughs> here's a story about the real end of the world. Um, we always talk. Zooming out. From New <laughs> Zooming <York>. out. <laughs> You'll see why. <laughs> We've been hyper local. Now we're about to go hyper universal. <laughs> Uh, we always talk about the war against truth, how we need good science journalism. Lauren Good was on last week talking about uh, technology. Especially technology. Wired is doing an article on on. Uh, positive uses of technology. Um, and sometimes uh, science journalism comes from the unlikeliest places. Uh, this is uh, about the exceptionally good science coverage coming from the Daily Express mm. in London, which is one of the tabloids, but it is an important sur- source of information <laughs> for many Londoners. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> okay, what is the Daily Express telling us about science? <laughs> That was a long throat clearing about this. So um, I was tipped off to this from the blog Futurism. Um, On October 4th, 2019, uh, one day, writers at the British tabloid published five separate articles about what they claimed were killer asteroids (laughs) careening towards Earth. Five separate. Now, I don't know if it was five articles about the same asteroid. Like in different sections, (laughs) like in the business section. How the asteroid will affect the stock market. How the stock market will affect celebrities. Let's really do some 360 coverage of this asteroid. Um, So they zoomed out and they said, maybe that was a small sample size, just one day. Maybe that was a freak day. Let's zoom out and look at a month's worth of coverage. So between September uh, September 7th and October 8th, they counted 87 articles about killer asteroids, which works out to an average of three doomsday (laughs) posts per day. Eighty-seven. I think that particularly <laughs> British people, like they kind of want 
They, they're the obs- asteroid. They want the asteroid to come now. Anything's better than this Brexit, Brexit. nonsense. <laughs> no, there's like, an, it's like end times. Like there's an apocalyptic mood in the there air. There is. Right. There so is. they figured it's like. It's clickbait. Like people want this content. Right. Like what they're suffering a long, slow death with Brexit. Let's just get an asteroid in here with. and get it we over with. We won't feel a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um. Let's see. Sometimes they follow up. They say uh, like an asteroid bigger than a London bus just skimmed past Earth. Um, Then they say that an asteroid swarm of 16 space rocks is hurtling towards Earth. But then you you scroll down several paragraphs and there's images of gigantic fireballs crashing into the planet. And you'll read that all the 16 asteroids are going to safely sail by, which means they could be a light year away. Now, they do, in the interest of good journalism, they do have caveats in there just to get them on. Because they might get sued. To be sure. (laughs) This will not happen. They can get sued for libel by the asteroid union. I don't know. Um, So there's an article that says the asteroid will hit Earth in our lifetimes, triggering widespread tsunamis and a firestorm of destruction on a global scale. And you scroll and scroll and said that this was the prediction of a 16th century poet. (laughs) (laughs) My But this is is the news you can use now. Yes, absolutely. And then the final one is they had a headline, Asteroid Warning, Deep Impact Predicted for 2069, claims not just Nostradamus, claims Nostradamus prophecy expert. So talk about false precision. 2069, this is not, anyone who's going to be alive then can't read yet, Yeah. right? And like, what are we supposed to do with that information, 2069? We need to like gird our loins. I don't know. <laughs> like asteroid proof our, <laughs> our windows our, our, our and doors. <laughs> Get your go bag ready. But it's going to destroy the earth. There's nothing to be <laughs> There's done. There's nothing to be done. There's really nothing to oh be done. Oh my God. So, and, and meanwhile, these people probably either deny climate change or don't want to do anything about it, but they're worried about the asteroids. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, there goes that. I used to look to the Daily Express for all my news. <laughs> I now, guess now you'll now have I to I only turn to it for my asteroid news. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no nope. asteroids. asteroids. Nope. nope. Daily Express. Shut this down. Just shut the paper down. Just, Just no. no, we don't need you. Okay, Rachel, what's next? So I was scrolling through my Twitter feed, and I noticed a tweet from J. Smith Cameron, who plays Jerry. Jerry, our favorite character. Yes, Who now follows you on Twitter and DMs with you. Yes, Yes, we are besties. I love her. And um, she tweeted, new heights of gross in a quote tweet. And I was like, oh, what is gross? Like, <laughs> More importantly, what does Jerry think is uh, what gross? Is Jerry, what does Jerry think is gross? Yeah, she's she's pretty down and dirty with Roman, yeah, right? Yeah. So, And it turns out that it's pretty gross. <laughs> there are now these skin-like phone cases that respond to being pinched and tickled. Like a Tickle Me Elmo? Like, so remember a while back, we talked about this French scientist named Mark <laughs> the finger? Yes, he had designed a robotic finger that allowed your smartphone to crawl across a table yes. <laughs> like a worm. Yeah. Right. I forgot it, but now I remember So it. Mark is back. <laughs> it's the same guy? Yes. <laughs> He is committed. He's committed to his art. He's committed to to bringing iPhones to life in the creepiest ways. Yes. Okay. So it has a skin that you can pinch? Let I haven't me, heard let this. Me just look at it. So Mark 
has a new creation. It's an artificial skin for smartphones, and it responds to touch. The skin is able to detect a variety of gestures, including sliding, stretching, <laughs> and <laughs> rotation. Like, wait, stretching? So you, like, pick the skin off the phone and, like, yes. stretch it? Yes. What does it do in reaction it's to those a, things? Is it a giggle? Does it out say ouch? It's unclear. <laughs> <laughs> it's unclear what happens. When when he was asked why he did this, Mark said, quote, I wanted to pinch my phone. Okay. Okay. Well, that shuts that down. <laughs> so pinch he did. So it's programmed to associate different gestures with certain emotions. Sudden hard pressure on the skin is associated with anger. And tapping is a means of seeking attention, while sustained contact and stroking are associated with providing comfort or maybe arousal. <laughs> or unwanted sexual attention. <laughs> yes. So um, he says that the next step in the evolution of this product is to make the skin more realistic, including with embedded hair and temperature oh, features. Oh, no. So you're going to have a hairy skinned <laughs> iPhone? <laughs> yes. Who needs the so whenever he makes these on sale, some philanthropist should buy them all up and burn them. Burn them. Burn I them mean, and mind erase him so he can't make more. I say why stop with skin? Like if, if you know, <laughs> You should turn the phone <laughs> into a dog. Oh that's perfect. Have it just be part <laughs> of a dog. Like breed the dogs with iPhones in them? Yes. Can't we just implant them? No, no, it's it's going to be fused with their DNA. <laughs> okay. <so> the dog... <laughs> well, it's like a wearable. It's like an injectable. <laughs> okay, this is too so stupid. I just say go all the way or don't do it at all. Right, all or nothing. I don't want it to be hairy if it's not, <laughs> if it's not a dog. I don't want to pet it. Okay. That's my point. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> Shut it down. Oh, shut this down, please. Oh, we laughed a lot there. God. You laughed a lot. Jay, <laughs> I was grossed out. Jay were... Smith Cameron, thank you for that valuable <laughs> data <point>. News. <laughs> oh, so, oh my God, we had, what did we have? We had waffle pancake brains. We had killer meteors. We had... Uh, uh, Barney's. Barney's and City Bakery. Luann. Terrible. Terrible week. <laughs> Terrible week. We didn't even mention the impeachment basically the impeachment at all. Impeachment and the fact that our president is a Russian certifiable, asset. certifiable lunatic and yeah. Russian asset. Why don't we talk about some yups? These yep. are the little rays of light, the little beacons of hope that kept us going. Yes, Rachel, do you have one? I, I'm I not sure have I have one. one. I might have to make this up on the I spot. I do have one. You know, because you know, I've got AJ and Coco. It's like hard to get out and go to things during the week sometimes. But on Monday night, Josh and I went to see Jimmy Kimmel live in Brooklyn and it was really fabulous. It was so much fun. He's so funny. The guests were Bruce Springsteen and Alicia <gasps> Keys. Wow. Yes. Screwed Jimmy Kimmel. You got to see Bruce Springsteen and Alicia Keys. Yes, and Alicia Keys was so awesome. She was wearing one of those like fabulous leather jumpsuits that she does so well. Yep. It's like a real mood. And she invited the whole audience to go to her concert at the Barclays Center right after the Jimmy Kimmel thing. I couldn't go because I had to get home, but I was like just with like tickets? with Not tickets, not just like come no, on, try to get tickets. No, she was distributing. She had people come. Like and everyone distribute gets a new tickets. car. Yes, like everyone gets. It was like a very like everyone gets a new car moment. That is amazing. I thought it was amazing, and like you know Bruce Springsteen. Well, why couldn't you go? 
I because okay, so it really it really <laughs> back to something Bruce Springsteen was saying. He was talking about how like when you're in your twenties, like you you're accountable to yourself, and then as you get older, like freedom means something else because you're accountable to other people. And right. I really took that to heart, and I thought like I gotta I can't just leave my <laughs> parents with AJ and Coco, <laughs> and I just who are these people who could just like go to a concert on a Monday night? And the answer is they're all like in their twenties. So uh, you know, kudos to <laughs> and them, me. and thanks Alicia Keys. I wish you had invited me earlier. Yes. I would have made arrangements. Could have had the decency to let you know save, <laughs> just giving you a save the date yes. you could have made arrangements i would have loved to see you alicia Keys, so okay you. i didn't think about this much but um uh i want to give my yup to uh netflix horror movies um oh God. they're like okay. they're going all in on horror i mean they're thirsty for content they have to keep feeding the beast and it's halloween month so i think i read this somewhere now i can't find it it may or may not be true but they're releasing or putting out there a new uh horror movie every day in the month of October. It's like 31 horror movies. That would movies. be 31 <laughs> if it's accurate. I'm not yeah. sure. And then I watched this one, the Stephen King one in the tall grass. Oh God, I watched that. It was like... I loved it. It was like I loved Bird it. Box, but instead of blindfolds, it was tall grass. <laughs> it was a little like Bird Box. <laughs> it was just like, there's so much grass. It's like, so tall. It's just like, these movies have like, it's like a time no loop. production I love budget. It's a time loop. It's no. in a field of grass. It's in a field of grass. There was like no locations. No, was... people were, I was reading the reviews, like the cinematography, you have to have so many different angles on the grass. Otherwise, <laughs> it looks like you're walking through the okay. same piece of grass. Okay, fine. Time. So you need like, <laughs> like three cameras, a tripod, <laughs> and a field of grass and the whole time everyone's like this grass it's so tall where are you no, there's voices right half the thing <laughs> is people shouting you? for each other you're in the grass i'm in the grass like, you're no. right here why can't this i see you yep, brian this week must yeah, have been <laughs> Okay. I'm going to watch it again because I think I missed some of the nuance. Okay. <laughs> I just love like B-horror movies. Um, okay. Uh, on that very We're all note, in the tall grass. It was a good escape from the terrible news of the week. Thank you for listening. It's been a terrible week. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please, we we uh, we always ask, but we always appreciate it when we get a review. We get a little notice when we get a new review. People do write five-star reviews every single week. They're the not just the five stars, but they write a review that's like relevant to the content. They mention things we say in the podcast. It's like we have this whole virtual community out there. It's our of, the icing on our cake. It's, it's <laughs> on a rotten. It's, it's really a delight. So please just go into your iTunes app and give us five stars and write a review rate review subscribe terrible week love doing this podcast as i hope you could tell from all the laughter please come back next week this has been this week in nope the podcast where we shut it down wanna be my new friend we got a lot in common